Brent Kermalitic and thanks for listening to Talking Architecture and Design brought to you in association with the Architecture and Design Network. You can catch up with news, projects, interviews and much more at architectureanddesign.com.au where you can also subscribe to our newsletters and magazine. Today we are honoured, we are honoured to have with us a world famous guest, Dr Mustafa Waziri, Secretary General of the Supreme Council of Antiquities of Egypt. Dr Waziri is also a Netflix star, now starring in a new documentary uh, called Unknown, The Lost Pyramid, currently number four in the top ten films or Netflix films in Australia, uh, uh, which will offer a lot of interesting insights, some never seen before. Um, in, into ancient Egypt and its archaeology. He is also in Australia mainly to, well, to promote the new upcoming Ramses and the Gold, Gold of the Pharaohs exhibition at the Australian Museum in Sydney, which will feature over 180 priceless artefacts, many never seen outside of Egypt and many never even seen. This immersive journey will showcase stunningly preserved collections of artefacts, including sarcophagi, animal mummies, magnificent jewellery, spectacular royal masks, exquisite angulates and ornate golden treasures of the tomb, showing, uh, showcasing rather the superb workmanship of ancient Egyptian artisans. So welcome to Talking Architecture and Design, Dr. Mustafa Waziri. My pleasure, but I would like to add one more information of, of what you said. Yes. You're talking about, uh, you're talking about uh, 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 number four, which is the Netflix. Yes. No, it was a couple of days ago, number four, but now today and yesterday it was number one. Oh, well, congratulations. Yes, thank uh, you. Number one, there you thank go. Thank you, number one. Okay, so tell me a little bit about Ramses and the gold of the pharaohs, Dr. Waziri. So it's, it's, it's Ramses II, Ramses the Great, as, as, you, as you earlier said. So can you tell me a bit about the, the exhibition and also about Ramses? Okay, if we're going to talk about Ramses... We have to know that we have 11 Ramses. 11. Ramses number 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 9, okay. 10, 11. Okay. About number 8. His tomb not discovered yet. Ah. So you, you still have some work to do. So we do a lot of excavations in the Valley of the Kings and in Luxor ah. to discover the tomb of Ramses number 8. It's one of the lost tombs till today. One of the royal lost tombs till today. So if we talk about Ramses, who are we talking about? Ramses II or Ramses the Great? Of course, he was Ramses II, but for me, he became Ramses the Great because he is the greatest king, not only among Ramses, among all the ancient Egyptian pharaohs, all the Egyptian, ancient Egyptian kings, all over the dynasties, not only the, 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 the 18th dynasty or the dynasty number 20, no, it's all the dynasties, it's all the new kingdom. Ramses the Great, he was the king of Egypt for 67 years, you can imagine. Ramses II, he died in the age of 92 years old. Ramses II, he had a lot of constructions everywhere in Egypt. Not only in the south of Egypt, not only in the middle of Egypt, but also in Cairo and the lower part of Egypt. Wherever you dig as an archaeologist in Egypt, mm -hmm. you can find something for the king Ramses the Great. I mean, Ramses II. Mm -hmm. Ramses the Great or Ramses II, he married a bunch of women. He became hundreds, a father of hundred kids. Ramses, uh, Ramses the Great, he was the greatest warrior. And also at the same time, he was the first one who did make what we call a peace treaty in the history of Egypt. Right. So you look at, the, look at the contrast between greatest warrior and the peace treaty. Ramses II, 
It was the well-known, it was very famous, not only in constructions, but also conservation, restoration, reconstructing of all the, the statues or the temples or shrines that they were broken before his reign. So he was working also as a conservator to reconstruct or to restore some of the pieces, some of the objects, some of the kiosks or shabbles, temples before his reign. Rams the Great, he was the greatest and he was the best king ever in Egypt. Mm-hmm. Okay. So this exhibition has been all over the world. You mentioned earlier it's been to uh, San Francisco, it's been to uh, Houston, uh, Paris, apparently. Um, what do you think, or perhaps what do you hope, the reaction will be from Australian audiences? If we are talking about those 180 precious pieces, they were selected carefully among millions of pieces or artifacts that we have in Egypt. We started, as you mentioned, in San Francisco, and then, so, sorry, in Houston, and then San Francisco, and then to La Villette. When I start looking at the market in Houston, I was expecting 600,000 visitors, but in fact, there were 550. In San Francisco, I was expecting more, but no, we did reach something like 600,000 mm-hmm. tourists, I mean, in those six months. Right. In France, because I know the French people, they like the cultural stuff. I was expecting a million. I did ask the number yesterday. We are almost 800 and something thousand tourists mm-hmm. in less than three months. We still have a month and a half to go, which, which it means that we can reach this number, a million tourists in those five months. How about Australia? Australia is something very important market for me. Why? Because of what you, we were talking about, it's very far away, away from Egypt. So you can imagine that the Australians, if they have, if you, if you, if you brought Egypt to them through Ramses the Great exhibition, so I believe that a lot of tourists, they will visit this exhibition. If we are talking about only Sydney, and you know how many million of people living in Sydney? There are 5 million people living in Sydney. At least 1 million of those citizens, they will, will come and visit the exhibition of Ramses the Great and the Gold of the Pharaohs. Do you expect more than a million? No, I don't expect more than a million. I hope to have more and more than a million. I hope that we will have a number a little bit bigger than the number of the French people in Paris. You and me both. Because for the French people, they can, they can in three and a half hours, they can visit Egypt. Yeah. Here, at least for, I don't know, maybe 15 or 16 hours, you can, you can go and visit Egypt. For me, I've met uh, hundreds of Australian people in, in Egypt. And I've seen them. They like the culture. They like the visits. They like the museums. They like pyramids. They like temples. They like tombs. They are not those kind of people that they come and just rest by the shore, by the beach, and snorkeling or swimming or serving or just laying in the sun. No, no, no. It's not the kind of, this kind of tourist. Uh, this is what you call it, uh, a beach tourist. No. They are cultural tourists. So I would like to do my best to encourage the Australian people to come and visit this exhibition because of the feedback. What's the feedback? The feedback that they will come and visit Egypt. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
And that's what I, what I like to have the most, that the people after visiting this one, and they take it as a appetizer, appetizer for them, and then they will come and visit Egypt. This is what I'm asking, what I'm, what I'm targeting, to be honest, okay. that the Australians have to come and visit Egypt. Okay. Now, how Egyptian, uh, ancient Egyptian architects uh, were innovative, they managed to build without the use of modern machinery and, and, and perhaps even without the use of a whole lot of modern other, other things that we have here in terms of um, even mathematics and whatnot, they managed to build precisely, exactly, beautifully and of course lasts a very long time as you well, well aware. Um, is there something that modern architects and builders can learn from the ancient Egyptians do you think? Of course. Ancient Egyptians, they were very smart to, for example, to construct a pyramid with the four directions of the earth, north, south, east, and west, with the angle, which is something like 52 till, till the top, to use millions of blocks. Mm -hmm. They can be able to lift the blocks up there till the height of 146 meters high. Okay. To keep the corridors inside and chambers. To make sculpture of the of the statues, like the beautiful statues of the king Rams II or the rest of the kings and queens. To melt the gold and to make beautiful pieces, masterpieces like the mask of Tutankhamun. Mm. To know the exact angles of the buildings, of the temples, of the kiosk, of the chapels. Depending uh, angle. So I can see that a lot of people they come and learn something from the ancient Egyptian history. How about the secrets of the embalmers? How about the secrets of mummification? Mm -hmm. Some people they still studying till a couple of months ago when we made our, our excavations in Saqqara, we discovered the rest of their own secrets of nitrate salt, of resin, of the tools that they used to take the four ergons out of the body. So those are the ancient Egyptians. So do you think that people are still learning? Of course they're still learning from uh, mathematics, from uh, astrology, uh, from medicine, from uh, uh, herbs, from medical doctors, operations, the best position for giving delivery for the pregnant lady, for... Nah. They were... We have a lot to learn. We yeah. have a lot to learn. Yeah. Um, How much of ancient Egypt, in, in your experience, do we know today? And how much do you think do we have still to uncover? What you can see above the ground in Egypt yeah. not represent more than 40% of the land of Egypt hides. Okay. 60%. When I was studying in the Faculty of Archaeology, mm -hmm. we used to say that we have 86 pyramids in Egypt. How about today? We have 124 pyramids in Egypt. Okay. How about the new discoveries that we do discover every month? No. Every week? No. Every day. Really? We have something new to discover every day. Wow. Okay. Um, why, why do you think there is still so much fascination with with um with ancient Egypt, you know, you know, let's let's be honest, a kingdom that that disappeared, or a, I'll, I'll be very careful here, a culture that disappeared, or a kingdom 
It's not really disappeared. Well, it, it, yeah, okay, it's, but it's not the same, is it? But there's a fascination today. I mean, I mean, you go into a bookstore anywhere in, in Sydney and there's books about ancient Egypt, you know, and, and they're, as you know, they're quite popular. And I'm sure this exhibition would be popular. Why do you think there is so much um, interest and, and, and fascination? Because it's the strongest civilization, the strongest culture, because they left behind them, behind them a lot of secrets, a lot of, a lot of things that they, 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 they can keep you thinking a lot. It's a history. They left a strong civilization and culture. So a lot of people, they are really interested with Egyptian history. Some people, some other countries, they have a history, mm -hmm. but not as strong as the Egyptian history. In objects, in artifacts, in buildings, and 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 and. So I think uh, that's why most of the people from all over the world they are very fascinating with Egyptian history. Mm -hmm. Out of the 180 exhibits that you'll be um, showing here in November, which is your favourite? Do you have a favourite? Which which one is it? All of them. All of them. <laughs> Honestly, all of them. But what is the most unique piece? Which is I'm very proud. Okay. It's the mummy flying cup, because it has such a lovely and long, uh, strange story. While we were digging, two years ago, three years ago, we found a place with 500 mummified cats. Okay. Mummified cats, because the area that we are digging there is the area of the Bubastian. What's Bubastian? It's the temple of the goddess Bastet. What's the goddess Bastet? The cat. So the ancient Egyptians used to pay a visit to this temple carrying offers. What kind of offers? Mummified cats. So we found 500 mummified cats. Okay, then it's logic. Then we did continue our excavations. Three weeks later, we found a big cat. No, no way to be a cat. 90 centimeters. Okay. No way to be a mummified cat. So we had to ask for a gentleman who came with this portable machine uh -huh. to scan the mummy. Yeah. And he said, wow, 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 What? It's a mummy flying cup. Said, Excuse me? It's a mummy flying cup. It's a baby lion, eight up to 10 months old, which is unique. But a cat? A, a lion cup. <laughs> it's, yeah. Big cat. A big cat. Yeah. So we start asking all the museums all over the world. Metropolitan Museum. Louvre Museum, Rich Museum, da, 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 da. Do you have a, a mummy flying cup? They said, no, no, we never heard about it, which is also one of its kind. The point is that two days later, we found a very strange mummy. The body that, that, that size and the tail that long. What kind of mummy is this one? Mm -hmm. Again, scanning this mummy, it was a mummy of a mongoose. A mongoose, uh -huh, which okay. is also one of its kind. Okay. Couple of days later, we found a very small mummy, which is the mummy of a scarab that nobody, nobody knew in the history of Egypt that the Egyptians in ancient time, they mummified the scarab. The beetle, yes? The beetles? Yeah. You're gonna see it in this exhibition. Uh -huh. We found also a couple of centimeters mummy like this. What kind of mummy? Cat? No way. Scarab? No way. No, 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 no. What kind of mummy? After scanning, it was a mummy of a vervet monkey, which is also one of its kind. Okay. So everybody was so crazy about the number of the unique mummies that we discovered in Saqqara. So those, some of those pieces, they are here in this exhibition. So you will see them for the first time. A mummy for mangoes, a baby lion cup, scarab, which is something really, very really crazy. Mm -hmm.
Interesting. Okay. Dr. Mustafa Waziri, thank you very much. It's been an honor to meet you. My and I pleasure. wish you all the best for the upcoming upcoming uh, exhibition. Um, Ramses and the Gold of the Pharaohs is presented in partnership with World Heritage Exhibition, Neon and Houston Museum of Natural Science and the support of Egypt's Ministry of Tourism and Antiquities. It will open in the Sydney Museum on November the 18th, I believe, so that I urge everyone to go and see it. You've been listening to Talking Architecture and Design with an interview with Dr. Mustafa Waziri, Secretary General of the Supreme Council of Antiquities Egypt and number one Netflix star as of, as of this week. Um, this is Brank Amaletic. Until next time, goodbye. Thanks for listening to Talking Architecture and Design brought to you in association with the Architecture and Design Network. The A&D Network proudly presents the Sustainability Awards. You can find more information at sustainablebuildingawards.com.au.